Hi, this is Mark Mohammed Poor, and welcome to Chasing the Sun, the show designed for communications, marketing, and public relations professionals to learn how they can incorporate health and wellness, reduce stress, grow in their career, and thrive. You can reach me at chasingthesunpdx.com or on Instagram or Twitter at Markmo, M-A-R-K-M-O-H. I'm starting off 2020 with a great guy, Brandon Laws, Director of Marketing for Zenium HR, an HR services company here in Portland, Oregon. We talk a lot about personal and corporate branding and how Brandon has done an incredible job balancing the two. He runs his own podcast called Transform Your Workplace, which I've been on. We cover a number of topics, but I think this is just a a really important uh, time when we think about transforming ourselves. We think about resolutions. We think about a lot of change at the new year. And so I wanted to talk to Brandon about how he lives his best life, about branding, about how he prioritizes his health and wellness, his time at Zen MHR, and advice for people who are looking to make changes of their own. It's a great start to 2020. Brandon, thank you so much for your time. And listeners, enjoy. Thanks so much. All right. Well, I am really excited to have Brandon Laws on the show this week. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm excellent. It's it's weird to be on this side of the microphone, isn't it? Though yeah. it's it's it, you you it's some pressures taken off, but yet it's a different type of yeah. pressure on you. And you're you are the you you're the guest. You are the um you're you're the subject of the conversation and i typically don't love talking about myself so we'll we'll see how this goes (laughs) we're gonna have a good time brandon and i have known each other over the last several years through mutual friend and here in the portland area you are a degree or two away from pretty much anybody professionally i think it's for as big of a city this is i think it's very easy to to find connections very small small town and you 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 are in the marketing world for an HR services company. Yeah. Can you talk about that, your role and how long you've been here? It's kind of a, it's a weird role. I mean, now it's much more defined, but when I, I've been with this company 11 years now. Xenium HR. Yeah. Xenium HR. We're, we're an HR and payroll processing company. So like what we do is we partner with small and medium sized companies, those that, you know, they can't figure it out on their own. So they, they use a company like us. So when I first started back in 2008 and you know what that time was like, it was, it was wild. Uh, I started in like a basic operations role. Like I think operations assistant was my title. 25 employees at the time. Things were pretty rocky, and we were a very we're a very stable company. So, like, I started started then and doing some really administrative things, state licensing, workers' comp reporting, boring stuff like that. Right? No offense to people who do all that, um, but we did. We had a sales staff, and we didn't have marketing at the time. We had we basically outsourced a newsletter and the, our blog to to like some freelancer, right? And so like, you know, I had interest in all that. I did video stuff back in high school and college and had an interest in the creatives. Um, I was good at website building, those sort of things. So I, I, I started like pulling back some of those things, stopped outsourcing them, brought them in house. And I was doing those things in addition to, to my regular job. So as the sales process has really shifted over time, like we have a sales staff of three, but 
uh, well, four if you count our VP of sales, but the, the way in which people are buying now is changing so rapidly that uh, you almost have to lean on, like when you look at a sales funnel, yeah. like marketing almost has like 80 or 90% of it now. And right. it's like the, people are researching and doing all this stuff online first, right? And so search engine optimization became important, the PR stuff, um, you know, all the awards and things that you would do on the PR side yep. and communication, content marketing, pay-per-click advertising. Oh, I'm not a huge fan of that, but like the list goes on. So the, this role, it evolved into something that was much bigger. And I've, I've really leaned heavily on, on building the brand and content marketing and, and lead gen really comes out of that. So my, my role now is, is evolved. I'm director of marketing. I've been in this role for probably four or five years and wow. I've got one person on my staff that is really a sales coordinator and marketing coordinator kind of all in one. And then I, we've, I use a lot of freelancers for creative stuff. Yeah. So copywriters and, and yeah. coders and anything complicated. So, yeah. Brandon, that's incredible. I mean, you've over the last 10, 11 years, you have built a role at a growing company. Yeah. You've learned on the job, which I imagine uh, you got a lot of support, but you also went to go after key, t- key things you needed to learn. Yeah, I'm a, you know, what's interesting years ago, I, I had met, and this is not when I was at Zenium, but years ago I was in insurance sales. Okay. The, the most commoditized, uh, right. I just did not like it. Some people, it's for some people, but not for me. I met somebody during that time who, um, I ended up selling a life insurance policy to, and we just like kicked around ideas about economics and finances and stuff. And he, he had, he said, you need to read these books. It's Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and like one other one is like self-development. He's like, I read all the time, and you know these are foundational books. So I started picking them up, and I was never a big reader in, yeah. in, in college or, or even high school before that. And uh, read those. I couldn't stop reading after that. For some reason, I had this love of learning, and reading was the kind of the primary way in which I was continuing to develop myself. So, with marketing, it's it's a lot easier because there's a lot of blogs out there, there's yeah. a lot of podcasts, and of course, there's a lot of books. I, I tend to do a lot more trend based ideas in marketing that are books because things change so fast. Yeah. So, like if you do something technical, it's outdated by the sure. time it's published. So, so yeah, self. Self learner, I read. In fact, this year I've read more books than I ever have. Sixty-five books. That's incredible. This year. Congratulations. So it's, it's important to keep learning. How do you How do you do that? What What are your What are your steps to reading a book, taking something from it? Do you have a system to you know how 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 yeah. do you from from start to finish? How how does that happen? Then how do you implement what it, you what you taken? It's a that's a great question. Primarily because I don't really have a system necessarily. It's sort of it's sort of organic the way it goes. So I, I read a lot on my Kindle app on my phone. So highlighting is really easy. So I can always refer back to the notes. Um, paperback. I tend to get shipped a lot of books for for podcast interviews that I do with authors. So those are a little harder because I'm I'm having to actually physically write notes. So a lot of times I'll be reading. And then I will translate it, uh, either dictate it into my phone, like on Microsoft OneNote is how I, mm-hmm. how, how I compile notes. And so I'll refer back to those because I have to craft a, a, basically an outline for an interview. And uh, in other cases where it's like audible, like I can't really take notes there. So it, it, the question, I ponder that one because 
I don't know if I'm applying everything I'm learning really well. I think there's some things that just stick out to me and then I, I'll, um, it'll make a lasting impression on me. So I'll, I'll go back to it later or, or be thinking about it. And a lot of times, like you, I mean, I'm sure you read a lot, but when you read something that's so profound and you're, and it just like, it hits you and you're like, I've got to do this. What am I doing? Like I'm, I need to take action. And so yeah. a lot of times it's in the moment. It'll, yeah. it'll spark something. And I think by taking in as much information as you can, some people can get paralyzed by it. But for me, like, I think the more inputs you have, the more likely you are to have that aha moment where you can make a decision and take action. Otherwise, you know, you read one book and you think it's, you know, you're going to implement everything. That's just not, it's not possible. I, I think, think you're absolutely right. I just yesterday, it wasn't a book, but I, I joined a 90 minute webinar about, about workshops and about building workshops and yeah. getting the right content because that, that's a lot about what I'm doing with chasing the sun. And it, it was something that I could have very easily just, um, listen to the recording the next day or receive the PowerPoint deck from the presenter. But I listened in real time and I took 10 to 15 like to do items. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> my next step is to go back to that list and say, okay, Mark, what are the five things I'm really going to do? Because you're, you to your point, you can't do it all. But the fact of just being there in real time and taking the notes and I and I'm just really big on that. I just wrapped up a conference call with with somebody and I didn't have all the people that I needed on that call, so I was a little frustrated. But I said, you know what? These are the action items going to take away from it, and we're gonna we're gonna go, and I'm gonna own, I'm gonna drive it. I think that that's really key. And yeah. um, so, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, but like you know, I, I hear you and in in. in taking the notes after the webinar and I'm like, man, I could be better. I think we could all improve. I think that's the point is like you get a little bit better every day or you build a system and I think you just have to try a bunch of things. And uh, for me, I'm still figuring it out. If you get one thing out of yeah. what you're learning, this is a fascinating thing about my, my coaching with chasing the sun is that repetition is, is really key because we get sure so is. much information and I'm talking about making big life changes, whether it's reducing stress, um, reducing your weight, thinking about career changes, talking about team management. I could give people 50 to 60 things to do. They're going to be overwhelmed. What is one thing you're going to do? Yeah. What are two things you're going to do? Because for me, it's about confidence and confidence is a lot about completing things and feeling a lot of confidence around around completing it. Mm -hmm. And it's about the small things. And that's definitely something that I really try to yeah. And it's I think folks. And it, on that note, uh, you know, in talking about like coaching and managing people too, like, I think the best coaches in the world would say like, okay, fix I think of like golf, for example, because it, you can get your own head with that. And yep. I like golf and a coach could bad ones would say like, okay, you need to fix this, fix this. And you've like 10 things to think of. And it's like, it's hard to implement at all. And you're just going to mess it all up versus like good ones would kind of watch you and say, let's focus on this one first. And you got to hit a thousand balls this way. And I think it's the same, like individually, like if you try to do too much, you're going to just stress yourself out and it's likely not going to stick habits build by doing it all the time and repetitious. So I, I don't know. I try to, I try to keep it simple. I think you're absolutely right. I'd love to go back to your your role here, sure. the director of marketing, because we're going to publish this in January. A lot of people are thinking about making changes. Can you talk about how that role came to be? What was your role in, in developing it? Was it developed from scratch? Um, what does that look like? And then what mm -hmm. advice might you have for people who 
are looking at jobs or are trying to think about how to create their own role because it feels like that's what you've done. What advice would you give to people who are who are thinking about that who might feel overwhelmed or yeah. not really aware that they can do that? Because it feels like you, you've you set a best practice for, for how to do so. Yeah, and I think when you come into a system that's already established, it's a little harder to probably create your own role or titles. I, you know, I was coming into a small business that was evolving, it was growing, and and we were, you know, we were adding employees and our goals were to hit big sales. And so like, it just, it happened to evolve for me like that. And, and I had titles that were never in existence here at this company. So, you know, there, there were no true marketers on staff. I really had to either seek outside resources or uh, learn on my own. So it's the, the evolution of this role was truly from within. And I think that's the, the fascinating thing is that I, I really did have a vision for how uh, the marketing could go at the, this organization. And I saw the way things were going too. And I think if you're, if you read enough things and talk to enough people, you could sort of see what the, the trends are going to be and how, uh, and this goes for any position, but like in terms of marketing, it was uh, the evolution of the buying, uh, the, uh, the buyer cycle or whatever. So how people are getting their information, how they're making decisions. And truly where your audience is hanging out. I think that's the biggest key too. So yeah, it became a need to figure out where's the audience at, what kind of words are resonating with them. Uh, that's, that's this whole idea of thought leadership. You know, we're doing a podcast right now like that. Those kind of things were important. So it just became a natural progression. And uh, the, the, the thing is like you're, you probably know right now is when you start an org- uh, a business and you have to now market yourself, did you know how to do all this podcasting stuff? Did you know how to launch a webinar? You had to go learn it. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the thing in any role is, uh, if you have the stamina and energy to, to learn all this and, and do it, I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of the advice I give people yeah. is just do it. Absolutely. And but, try it. Like, don't wait till it's perfect either. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. My stuff I'm doing is far from perfect, but I'm trying and I'm doing, and I'm listening to feedback. And I think that's, what's important. And I feel like I have the energy for it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, I'm, they probably give you a new renewed energy, right? Absolutely. Like you came from a corporate type of PR job, yeah, and probably wore a suit every day at work. And no, I, no, 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 this is poor. Okay. I, I, I know, I know. In the creative, no, it's a good question though. In the in the creative world, for the most part, you you can pretty much yeah. wear whatever. I know, but but I understand what you're saying. You 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 definitely have some constraints, and you now that I'm on my own. There are no constraints. Sometimes you want constraints. Yeah. Sometimes you need a box. And there are days that I wish I had some. But uh, for the most part, I'm, you know, I'm really happy to not have. I know it's funny, like with you on on your own now. It's like you have to define what that that box is. Otherwise, I mean, you could just wake up one day and you're like, mm, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this, and and have no real set plan. Exactly. I'm doing a lot of blocking off time in my calendar to do things and stuff like that. I'm do trying you, to heed my own advice. Did <laughs> you ever read that book, uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport? Read that because okay. it's. Uh, It'll allow you to, to think about how to focus yeah. on, uh, and true projects that are important. So I appreciate I highly that. encourage that. I'll one. put that in the notes. Yeah. Let's talk about podcasting okay. and, and in, in concert with your with your role here. Yeah. Because I, I think one of the many things I wanted to talk to you about is how you build your own personal brand within an organization and how you not only build it yourself, but with respect to your, your, the company that pays you and, and compensates you for your work. 
talk about Transform Your Workplace, which yep. is your podcast. I was really honored to be on your show, and yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was and great to have you. Thank you. And how that came to be and and how you've built that that balance, because I think a lot of people are thinking about how they can build their personal brand, but sure. still stay true to their organization. What does what does that look like to you? And then and what advice may you have for people who are who are looking to do that, something similar? Yeah, so I use this this analogy a lot with people who are, are trying to balance between the, the company brand and the personal brand, because I think this illustrates it well. So think of ESPN, right? It's this giant company, media company, and they put out content, okay? But a lot of times it's the the authors and the reporters within it that you're following. Like Twitter especially has made this popular where you're you tend to follow people who write really good pieces for whatever sport you like, right? So ESPN's this kind of overarching brand. And if you just followed the feed of the content, you would get a, a mix of stuff that you don't even like in the first place. So but but with reporters and authors that you really enjoy, you get a lot of that and it's laser focused. And I think of the personal brand kind of the same way. It's just like at a corporate or small business level, it's, you know, people like to follow people, not necessarily brands. Absolutely. So like Zenium could put out a bunch of content, but what if um, people like what I say? And mm -hmm. so they'd rather follow me than the company because they're going to get it right for me. And they're going to get like a, a, maybe a slight opinion on sure. the same topic. Whereas a company might put something pretty vanilla out, yeah. but maybe there's some flair with it with me. Yeah. My take on it, maybe people do. I don't think people really care what I think by the way, but <laughs> I think they do. But you, but what, what you're doing from a business to business standpoint is a best practice. Yeah. I am tired of business to business organizations using their social channels exclusively for, for sales. Oh, it's download annoying. this white yeah. paper. Let's well, add value. It's no value. They don't think about it in terms of engagement, yeah. which is why I have always tried to champion the idea that that social media and those channels need to be built from the PR and comm cell. 100% agree. And it's not necessarily an issue of skill, it's not a disrespect to marketing, but it is, these are the folks that understand engagement yeah. and they can work with the sales team, they can work with the marketing on the call to action. Yeah. But if every single piece of content is specifically geared towards sales and specific call to action, you're, you're not yeah. gonna care about your audience. And which is why I, having, a, having a voice behind the brand from yep. a B2B standpoint is, is really critical. Cause there are other people on the other side of the, Oh yeah, for sure. There, there's this book I read a year years ago by Gary Vaynerchuk. It was jab, 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 mm -hmm. jab, right hook or whatever. Yep. And it was like the idea was on. And the book's great because it actually illustrate it shows you really good ideas of like social media captions and calls to action. And the idea was that the jab is you give them value, give them yep. those nuggets, and then they're going to appreciate you for that. And then the right hook is that, that main call to action that right. gets them to, to take action. And you know, maybe you get a sale, but like, I think people who use it strictly as just sales or self-serving yep. stuff, it's not going to work. But I like, I like that people are really starting to figure out the personal brand side of it too. I think the best marketers inside of Zenium are all the people within it. It's not if like, if I'm going to push out content solely from the Zenium brand, how is that how is that going to benefit anybody right. i think businesses and owners and they're they're human they were more likely to connect with the people in those you know outside those walls right there and uh, connect with them rather than the brand itself so i'm trying to encourage people to do that and like i talk to people and and that's what i would say to them i think you you could not be more right and this is coming back to communications internal communications executive communications the importance of of 
being able to help the the team mm-hmm. be, be advocates for the brand and to your point speak on their own social media channels you know primarily linkedin but wherever else and be able to talk um you know accurately and smart and ab- about what's going on is going to resonate yeah so much bigger than than the brand i think yeah so, there's also risks i think associated with with building personal brand within the company brand i think yeah. that's where you really were kind of not necessarily going to the dark side of it but I mean, you could have somebody that's doing something you don't like, right? And but yet it's reflecting on the company brand. So I think you have to not necessarily police it, but build some rules around right. it, especially if you're going to bring it all back to the company brand. So and the other risk is that what if a personal brand becomes so much bigger than the company brand? And I've seen that happen yes. from afar, and that's always interesting because yep. if that person leaves how much of the visibility and audience goes with it? I, so exactly. that's a risk. It's a, it's something I've been asked about with, with the podcasts that I do. Sure. I don't know the answer. I think right. um, I'm not planning on leaving anytime sure. soon. So I think it's not risky, but, but it's something to watch out for. You have a, you have a, a, a installation of trust. And I think the fact that you, you have the brand and calls to action as, as needed and, but you're not overselling you know, yeah. your, your products and services throughout. I think it's a good balance. And, it is thinking about if, if you were to leave, who is going to take over and, and making sure that someone is yeah. you know, waving that flag. <laughs> I think that's a big deal, but that's not a, that's not a decision or a discussion for today. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you talk about building your personal brand, talking about building your, you know, with, within, within your organization. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is your father. Yeah. And I've had a lot of different folks on my show from a different number of different vantage points. I have a brand new mother who was on recently. I mm. have had people who are, are living with particular health conditions and they are all figuring out how to thrive. You are, at least as far as what I can see from your social media channels, you, you work out a lot. You, you, uh, you, you bring in your kids to work out. I think it's, it's a lot of fun and, um, you know, you seem to be enjoying themselves. You seem to be enjoying yourself. Reminded me of my father when I was younger. I, my dad, um, he wanted me to lift weights when I was nine, ten years old. He had a weight bench for me. I said, "Dad, I'm a little young for that, but I, I want to play basketball and soccer." But he was very wise. He understood yeah. the importance of strength training, and I think a big part of how this came to be was my father and his story, and my mother and her story actually as well, and and how over the last few years she hired a personal trainer and she's wow. lost a significant amount of weight and. My, my wife has incorporated physical activity in her day. And so all of these like huge touch points came to be. Talk about how you're balancing your, your life here with, with life at home and, and what your focus on health and wellness means to you and how it positively impacts yeah. your career. Yeah, I mean, I could go in a thousand different directions with this, but I I will say that I'm still learning how to balance everything. I I always tend to lean to work. I, I like work. I'm a family man, as you as you just described, like with my social channels. I'm I'm with my family a lot. Like I, I'm there uh, at night on the weekends. I'll like I go to my my kids. Uh, choir stuff and performances and dance stuff so like I'm, I'm there for my kids and I think um, that's the most important thing that's that's my why it's like I do what I do at work so that I can have the freedom to be able to to be with them and, and see them grow on the other hand it's it is hard to balance because my kids are seven and six years old they're still de- very dependent on me um, 
feel like there's a lot of pressure on me at work. So there's, there's a lot of times where I'm really stressed out. I got anxiety. I uh, probably could be more healthy. You know, year, in a couple of years ago, I was just in a dark place. I was not feeling great. I was not uh, exercising. I was stagnant, like just sitting at my desk all the time and not taking the time. Maybe I'd go for a walk or something, but I, I was not looking good. I don't think I look good. I was, I was really thin, uh, 150 pounds or something like that. I just looked disgusting in, in my eyes, especially if I look at pictures going sure. back. And about three years ago, I was like, I need to, I need to get moving. Like if I'm going to really feel good, I was always good about like the mental, the health, like I'd read, I would try meditating, I'd try journaling, things like that. But the physical stuff, and I've always been an athlete. So getting away from that will almost make me a little depressed in a way. So three years ago, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start working out and it's going to be at least three days a week, just even move for 30 minutes. And I do, I, there's no excuses because you could work out at home. There's videos. Yeah. There's, I bought some kettlebells yeah. and I just started doing that. And I think I told you on my podcast last time you were here that I took a before picture mm-hmm. of myself and how gross I was. Right. And then I would take like weekly, monthly pictures and I would see that, that quick little, those quick wins, the feedback. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I gained some weight Uh, muscle mass and I started looking good. had the six pack going on, like all all these things. I was starting to look good. So I wanted to do it more. It was like an incentive for me to keep going. So here I am now I'm 175 pounds. I've gained 18 pounds of muscle and feel a lot better. But you know, all that, all that said, I still have a lot of work to do. I probably drink too much alcohol. Mm -hmm. I probably eat crappy foods every once in a while, but at least I got, the exercise going and yeah. the mental health aspect. I've got that dialed yeah. in and I do, I do focus on that. So, you know, balance is tough. Yeah. It, you have to be intentional about it and it's, I'm still working on it. Well, Brand, I, I just, congratulations. You, you've, you've done a lot and I think we're all hard on ourselves mm-hmm. in various ways and means. And, and you've expressed that at the same time you've achieved a lot. And I think it's Thank interesting. You. You're talking about, um, muscle mass and, and weight gain. And that's a huge misperception and uh, always a challenge I talk to people about is lifting weights is, is good. Like yeah. you need to build muscle. And if you gain weight initially, that's okay. Like it's going to come down. These are people who are, who need to lose weight. Right? Sure. So, yeah. Um, you're, you're going to gain weight, but then your clothes are going to feel better. You're going to burn more calories and ultimately you're going to slim down. And, yep. That's always a, a challenge that I, I definitely like to talk to personal trainer friends of mine and be like, you need to hit home with your clients about this. Like, then they're going to be starting to lift weights and uh, they're going to start, they, they should not be looking at the scale for, yeah. for a few days or a week because they're going to get frustrated, but their clothes are going to start feeling better. And that's, that's so true. Yeah. I, I think initially looking at the scale or even looking at pictures of yourself, whatever feedback loop that is for you, I think initially it's always going to be tough because you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm working so hard, especially in that first week. And you're like, I don't want to see any results. Well, it's like, it probably takes a good three, four or five weeks yep. and consistency around it. And th- that's the hard part about habits like that sticking is it does take time and you got to be patient. Yeah, absolutely do. And we need more people like you to, to say that because yeah. we need people to understand that a 14 day cleanse, you know, <laughs> seven day cleanse, a 13 day keto diet. It's a quick fix. It's, it's not. Quick, yeah. It's, and we've talked about this stick. before. Absolutely. So, 
Um, you've so you talk a lot about reading. Yeah. What are what are your? You already listed a lot of books. What would you say are some of the most influential books you've you've read? Yeah, and I knew you were gonna ask me this one, so I <laughs> I had to go back through because I've read so many books, and the ones that I that always stick out in my mind were probably the ones early on that I yeah. read. So I have a couple ones that I I wanted to share with people. So the the most foundational book that I probably read like five six times. Actually, I listened to this one a lot too, so I might have listened to it like ten times. How to win friends and influence people. I think people have the hardest time connecting nowadays, social media and all the, like people hide behind computers. So connecting with people, you'd be surprised how hard it is. And people, um, lean on talking talking about themselves first and have self-centered conversations whereas like you should really be thinking about what the other person wants and yeah. getting getting them what they want so that book is really helpful uh atomic habits i read yep. within the last year uh james clear yep. that one was great and the idea behind that is you know if you just got one percent better every yeah. day think about how exponentially better you'd be right. in, in one year or ten years so read that it's one because it talks about the micro right. habits it's, it's great the, it's the 401k of kind of the rest <laughs> totally of the, right, the compounding, right? You, yeah. Yeah, compound. So. Yeah. And then um, there was a book I read within the last year. It's called What Got You There Won't Get You There. And that was mm. sort of a... Um, it's by Marshall Goldsmith. And there was... God, there's so many like, great nuggets in that. And it was a lot about... Um, uh, habits a lot about leadership and it's about success overall so i highly recommend that one and then i I gave you a bonus book right here (laughs) so a fiction-based book that i read years ago is a thousand one page or 1100 pages atlas shrugged oh my gosh (laughs) i had to put that in there so i was like a I was really into economics and sure. business and anti-government and whatnot. So I, I'm more of a free market guy. And this right. book was like the Bible of free market <laughs> economists. Absolutely. And it was kind of fun because it yeah. was like, you know, people who earn and have success yeah. is like, why take stuff away from us? So I, it's a fun story. Sure. It's really long if you have the, I'm just, I had to put that in there though. Audiobook perhaps version of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to have a 60 hour audiobook, then go for it. <laughs> Those are great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um we're 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 going to be publishing this in January 2020. Yeah. Everybody talks about resolutions. Hmm. Um I I don't necessarily subs- subscribe to them. I when I started my weight loss, I started in December, I didn't start in January. There's a lot of science behind why they don't work. At the same time, people still coming keep coming back to it. I I feel like it's it's because people are 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 genuinely positive and they like to be think positive and they want to to move forward and they want to make a change and um so i i i want them to thrive on sure. that at the same time the reality is is that they don't necessarily come to fruition but i like to think of the world as half glass full so i want to support people who do that what's your take on resolutions and what do you have in store for 2020 or so? I'm not big on on resolutions, um, partly because of how people treat them. I think I know what my end goal is. That's that's kind of how I look at it is I know what my, my compass is. Um, I know where I want to be later on in life. And I think I know what the steps are to get there. And so I kind of look at it as like I have this, another book, uh, it's the 40X model. And it's like this idea of like you have this, 
this big hairy audacious goal or whatever and then you have these leading and lagging indicators based on how you like what you need to do to get to that goal and and you can measure success along the way and i think of my life a lot like that like i know that i want to have multiple millions of dollars so i can retire and have time with my family so what does that mean now well I need to max out my 401k. I need to be investing in real estate, like all these other things. Right. And so those, I don't really have new resolutions every year. Maybe I want to try some new things, but it's not like learn a new language. I'm probably going to set myself up for failure. So I'm pretty realistic about it. Most of my resolutions, if, if they are resolutions are pretty much consistent year after year, max out my 401k, increase my income, increase my freelance income. Cause I do some, some marketing, uh, freelancing exercise four or five times a week for at least 30 minutes. And then the other one that's not really measurable is just connect with more people regularly, you know, text my brother every once in a while, (laughs) talk, call my mom, you know, go visit my grandparents, connect with friends who I haven't seen in a while, like that kind of stuff. But it's, how do you measure that? I don't really know if that's a resolution or not. So that's, that's how I think of it. Doing it. Number of texts, maybe, you know, figure out how many texts you send this year and and increase it by 10%. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, They're atomic habits. There you go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Brandon, this has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. What, what, what else should our listeners know? Um, so if if you want to hear me on some podcasts, I do a ton of podcasting. I have one, you mentioned transform your workplace. We talk about leadership and HR and, and small business type stuff. So we, I have a lot of expert author interviews that I, um, in fact, I just a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed the JetBlue Airways chairman. Yeah, so that, awesome. that was released. And there's a couple other really good interviews there. And then I actually have one on, on my personal side as well. I have one called Talking Entertainment from Rip City. Nice. And it's me and a buddy. We just talk about movies, sports, TV, and sometimes video games. I'm not a huge gamer, but he is. So yeah. he'll he'll slide those in there. But we just, we bantered. There's a lot of cussing in it. So just beware <laughs> of that. But it's fun. And I like to keep myself fresh and have, listened, have some fun. I've listened to it. It's it's great. And I talk a little <laughs> bit about Blazers too, I think. A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, it's, it's hard because with Blazers, it, there's so many games throughout the week. Yeah. So if I can't like record it and publish it immediately, it's like, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. So, so you talk about your podcast. Where can people find you online? Online. So I'm heavily into Instagram. Uh, Laws Brandon is my handle there. And then uh, Twitter, I'm, I'm there frequently. More viewing than anything else. And I'm Brandon Laws yeah. on, on Twitter. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm, I'm heavily involved in LinkedIn yeah, too. Absolutely. Brandon, this has been a wonderful conversation. I think Thank a great you. start to 2020. Just congratulations on everything. Keep going. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Mark. It was a lot of fun. All right. I want to thank Brandon for his time, his wisdom, and his list of books that are on my to-do list for 2020 and beyond. This is Mark Muhammad Poor, Chasing the Sun. Email me at mark, M-A-R-K, at chasingthesunpdx.com. Find me on Twitter or Instagram at markmo, M-A-R-K-M-O-H. I have lost and kept off more than 140 pounds, and my mission is to be able to help you prioritize your health and wellness so you can reduce stress, grow in your career, and thrive. Message me. I want to work with you to help you live your best life. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your time and chat soon.